Hello everybody. Now, I just want to say welcome to the Christian Bible Study Ministry podcast. Uh, I will say, I know that today's episode will have, uh, it'll have meaning for a lot of people. Uh, I think especially with the circumstances of the world at the present, uh, there seem, there just, you know, there seems to be a lot of death around us. Uh, COVID is hitting people still. It's surging in places. Um, and I hope, you know, with that being said, I hope everyone is well in the Lord. And, and I hope that if you are well in the Lord and don't know it, I pray that he will show you whatever it is that you need. And uh, there is also some other, uh, uh, well, actually, we'll be talking about kind of two different uh, things here today. Uh, both of these are in first, they cover all of First uh, Thessalonians chapter 4. The first thing that will be covered is basically how are we expected by God to live our lives? You know, what is the manner in which we are expected to conduct ourselves? And the second thing will be the fact that the dead in Christ will rise first. And we'll talk about what that means uh, when we get to that. So turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and we will start with the of course the first verse furthermore then we beseech you brethren and exhort you by the Lord Jesus that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and please and to please God so you would abound more and more for you know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles which know not God. So we are told in these first five verses that we know what God has commanded us as far as how we are to live. We are exhorted to abound more and more in the grace of God that we may please him more. We are told to abstain from fornication. And, you know, hey, this, is, this sin is rampant even among people who claim to be Christians, and no doubt some of these people are true Christians. It, fornication is everywhere. You look at our society, you look at TV, it's in the movies, it's everywhere. You look all around you, people in the church even, I'm sure, you know, in a lot of cases do this. You know, they say, oh, we love each other, we're in love, this and that. You know, you might be, but the fact is, God has said, avoid fornication. You know, get married and live together that is the that is the will of God and I know that that might step on some people's toes but so be it that is coming from the Word of God and not from me so uh, and you know but they have been told to abstain from fornication you know we are to live our lives in such a way that we live a life of sanctification and glory to God. 
The Christian life is not to be lived like those who are not believers. You know, because how else, how are we going to show that we're any different from the world if we're living like the world? Don't live like the world and expect to uh, have a powerful impact for Christ because the world is not going to see the difference. You know, Christ wants our bodies to be under, under subjection and not controlled by strong desires. You know, he wants us to have temperance, you know, moderation and things, you know. When it's here, it's talking about strong sexual desires. He wants us to have those under control. If you're a single person with strong sexual desires, I know that's a big problem and it's a big burden for a lot of people. You know, the only thing that you can do is to pray about it and pray fervently and just trust that God will put his disciplinary hand on you if need be and enable you to be in a place to where you would have that control and don't and will not want to go back to whatever it was that you were doing to try to supposedly relieve that pressure and it, you know it's like I said it's very difficult but it, in the end it is well worth it to have your body under control and we go to verse 6 that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any manner because that the Lord is the avenger of all such as we also have forewarned you and testified for God hath not called us into uncleanness but into holiness he therefore that despiseth despiseth not man but God who hath also given unto us his Holy Spirit verse 9 but as touching brotherly love Ye need not that I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. And indeed ye do it toward all the brethren which are which are in all Macedonia. But we beseech you, brethren, that ye increase more and more. Now, the people of this church do not need to be told again how to love. You know, the the writer of this book said that they had already been told by God how to love. So he didn't need to tell them again. They had already been told. They were commanded to grow even stronger in their love. And they are also told that when someone despises, you know, or does wrong to somebody, they're not only, they are really, in the end, despising God, ultimately. I mean, they do wrong to the person that uh, they're committing a wrong against. But ultimately, that wrong is done against God. And God is the Avenger, Hebrews 10, I think it's uh, 10, uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 30 and 31. God is the Avenger. Every wrong will be accounted for. Every wrong thing, if I've ever wronged somebody after I, you know, after becoming a Christian, every foul deed that I've done since then will be accounted for in some kind of way, not in a condemning way, but it will be recompensed. So God will avenge these things. Verse 11, And that ye study to be quiet and to do your, your own business and to work with your own hands as we, command, as we commanded you, that ye may walk honestly toward them that are without and that ye may have lack of nothing. 
You know, so how are we supposed to show our brotherly love? You know, we're to show it by not parading it around and saying, hey, look what we did, look what we did. You know, we did this for these people. We did that for these people over here. We're good. We did all these great things. We're not to parade that. The word tells us that we are to walk honestly. Well, first of all, it tells us we are to be quiet, do our business and, you know, do our business, do what we need to do do it quietly and you know just basically let the the people who we help let the fact that they know that we help them be enough that's it and you know be honest with them give them what they need and just let that be verse 13 this goes to the second subject of what we will be talking about today verse 13 but I will but I would not have you to be ignorant brethren concerning them which are asleep that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again even so them also which sleep in Jesus will will God bring with him this is written unto the church so that we may have hope when dealing with the loss of our loved ones we are told they will rise first to meet Jesus in the air. The believers who are still alive at that time will not proceed, you know, we will not proceed those who have already died. You know, when the rapture happens, which this is referring to, the people who are already in the grave, their bodies, you know, they've already done, went to be with the Lord. Their bodies are still here in some form on this earth. Their bodies will be resurrected and uh, reunited as they're raised up into, into the air to meet Christ. That is hope. It is saying, hey, these people of ours that we love, those people who have died, who, who, who died in Christ, they are going to be people that we will see again. We will see them again. I have people, hey, my parents are gone. My grandparents are gone. And uh, it's something that I think about a lot. Verse 15. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that, which, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not precede them which are already asleep. We've already discussed that. Verse 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Verse 17, Then we which are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall, ever we, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. The trumpet of the Lord will sound, and then we who are left will ascend to, with those who have already risen and meet them with Christ in the air. You know, we will see our loved ones who have died at that time. It, to, you know, it, it, to be honest, I cannot fathom seeing Christ in his full glory. It's just too all. It's, it's just too awe-inspiring for me to comp, to try to comprehend. Uh, you know, no one alive has ever seen Christ. So we can't comprehend it. 
And I admit it's easier for it's easier at least for myself to think about seeing people like my parents, you know, grandparents and others who have uh, who are all gone now. You know, and I think that is because I have actually seen them and knew them on a physical basis, you know. So I know what they look like. And I guess that makes it easier maybe to get a picture in my head of seeing them. Whereas nobody has seen Christ. We know him spiritually on a very intimate level. We know him spiritually on a very intimate level here since we have this Holy Spirit. And so that is something that I think, you know, you know, we're always told by the Bible that uh, these people, we, we will see the people who we love who have died in Christ, we will see them in heaven. It tells us here that we will see them in the air when we go to meet Jesus Christ when the rapture happens, if we're left alive at that time, if we haven't already died. And, you know, but I know that we will not have the same mind or body as we do now and that the most important presence will be that of Christ. We will meet him face to face and hear from him which reward, if any, we will have. You know, it's important for us to understand these worry, you know, we might worry about how we might think about heaven here on this earth, but that is a consequence of this body and flesh that we have now. When we get to see Christ face to face, our bodies and minds will be transformed where none of that stuff will even matter. So, um, and I just want to say here that uh, that occasion needs to be taken into account when we live our lives. You know, when we're thinking about how we're living our lives, uh, you want to have Jesus say the most positive things possible about your service. And, you know, there's all going to be things that we failed in in some degree, you know. So just bear in mind what uh, we've talked about here today. He wants us to live a life of sanctification. You know, we are to love him. You know, if we love him, we will want to try to bring our bodies under sanctification, under, under subjection, which is part of sanctification. You know, we want to be more like him. It takes years in some cases for certain issues. So, but anyway, I want to close this program as I always do with a prayer. Uh, Lord, Father, I pray that if there's anybody listening to this now who is dealing with loss of a loved one, I pray that you would be with them and comfort them in whatever manner they need. And I pray that especially also if there's people who listen to this who are struggling with some of the things that we've talked about, I pray that your hand would be upon them in whatever manner is necessary uh, so that they would be more in line with what you want for them. And as always, if there's anyone listening to this who is not saved, I pray that they would accept Christ as their Savior so that one day they can meet you face to face in heaven. And I've also, if there's anyone that 
they need to pray for that they know that is lost I pray that those people would be saved as well and it's in Jesus Christ's name I pray this amen